Hello, and welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. The first 78 episodes of Fortune's Wheelhouse offer a card-by-card breakdown of occult correspondences and symbolism in the tarot, and if you're a new listener, you may want to start there. You may also be interested in our new book, Tarot Deciphered, Decoding Esoteric Symbolism in Modern Tarot, which just came out from Llewellyn. It's a card-by-card study of all 78 cards, and it looks at everything we cover in Fortune's Wheelhouse, the symbolism of the Rider-Waite-Smith and Thoth decks, the mythology, the astrology, the Kabbalah, and, of course, how the cards relate to one another. Tarot Deciphered is a doorstop at 672 pages, so you can also, you know, use it to keep your cards from blowing off the patio table, or you can maybe press some flowers in it, or you can bonk your non-believing friends on the head with it. Not judging. In other words, if you've always wished you could have Fortune's Wheelhouse in book form, well, now you can. This week's show is the second of two special divination episodes, which we do each time we come to the end of a set of regular episodes. Something weird happened with the recording about five minutes in, and all the treble got stripped out of my voice, so I sound like Deputy Dog. Sorry about that. The good news is Mel sounds fine, though. So, you know, just listen to her. Anyway, as you know, with each episode, we offer a giveaway. And the prize we're offering for each of the Divination episodes is a copy of our brand new Tarot Deciphered book. Last week, our winner was Tanner in Arizona. Congratulations, Tanner. As always, all Fortune's Wheelhouse patrons are automatically entered in the drawing. If you're not a patron and you would like to be, you can sign up at www.patreon.com slash Fortune's Wheelhouse. If you missed your chance to submit a question for a reading, don't worry. We will be doing readings episodes again in the future. There are also a couple of other ways you can obtain a reading. If you sign up at a patron tier of $5 or higher, you'll receive one written reading as one of your perks. And if you want to go whole hog, I also personally do a limited number of consultations each week on Zoom. You can investigate that further at www.tsusanchang.com slash readings. Our website, as I've mentioned, is www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. But there are also a couple of other places where you can check in with us online. You can visit Mel at tabulamundi.com and you can visit me at tsusanchang.com. You can also join over 850 smart, nice, and most importantly, like-minded friends at the Fortune's Wheelhouse Academy group on Facebook. Many of us, including myself, are there every day posting our daily draws and spells to go with them. It's a great place to see esoteric tarot in action in people's ordinary lives. And now, here's this week's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to March 2021 Patron Readings, Episode 2. We did 14 readings in the previous episode, which you can refer to in your podcast feed. And we are now going to conclude with the remaining 14 readings. And we will begin by having Mel do the invocation of Fru. In the divine name, Yao, I invoke thee. Thou great angel Hru, who art set over the operations of this secret wisdom, lay thine hands invisibly on these consecrated cards of art, that thereby I may obtain true knowledge of hidden things to the glory of the ineffable name. Amen. Amen. And I didn't mention this before, but I'm actually using this cool scarab ring, which I consecrated as part of my PGM course, that is specifically intended to help with divination, to to know true things about all the peoples of the world. Nice. So, Where'd you get the ring? Did you make it? or No, I got it from Etsy, from this guy in Egypt. And apparently there were these rings, you know, like in the 1960s, they were very popular. They're, they're just faience 
so it's it's kind of just carved in the shape of a scarab on a brass ring, and uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. So I've been using it. During, I love scarabs. Readings. Yeah, it's it's neat. I have a few myself. <laughs> do you? I bet you do. I just bet you do. <laughs> uh, the next one is for me to read, I believe. It is from G.G. I've been sitting on a novel I've been wanting to write for the past 10 years. Ah, you and everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) What would the outcome be if I wrote and self-published it this year? Ooh, exciting. Dun-dun-dun, the tower. (gasps) Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's something else. Um, How could it be like that? (laughs) Yes, I mean, it's there's two things going on, right? There's writing and there's self-publishing, which are kind of two different two operations. different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the writing would just be very stressful. <laughs> Break, you know, a lot of uh, breaking things down. Yes, um, I mean, it could be that. You know, it might be like here's here's just a wild the shock out of, of left, uh, the left enlightening uh, enlightenment because well, there is a positive side to the tower well, you know yeah, the, the... i know yeah what i was thinking was maybe that they've been thinking about this for 10 years what if this idea is not the one but start fresh with something completely different ah you know that could be it maybe that would be the result that they realize you know that mm-hmm. they this isn't the one and simultaneously like a flash of lightning get the idea for the one that is the one right it could be that happens a lot with writing you know you start you think you know where you're going it happens with art too and i'm you know like you think you know where you're going and Mm -hmm. what you're doing and then it comes out totally differently from what you thought exactly so i i I wouldn't tell them not to do it (laughs) but at the same time be open to whatever radical changes arise be open yeah to extreme change yes because extreme change is likely whatever it may be the other thing is that you know the the tower runs between the sephira netzach and yeah i was just i was just thinking that yeah and that it's fusing this... of emotion and mind and and maybe it's a huge burst of energy i mean it's that that mars we can always hope <laughs> <laughs> but um but and it's also interesting that it's associated with hebrew letter pay you know so mm. the speaking of the truth i you know sometimes depending on how difficult the material is that the person's right. dealing with it can be really painful to you know to write right. that's what i'm wondering is this some sort of topic that could be like that it could be that could yeah. break something open right i guess the the advice is you know just what we said to to be open to the possibility that this may be in some ways a, a rather stressful process and also a revolutionary one one that may you know sort of upturn even as you're doing it. And if it doesn't work out that you can self-publish this year, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, it, then it's not meant to be. But but the, the tower is is not to be resisted. Mm. Doesn't mean you can't do it next year or whenever. Okay, um, your go, I think. Okay, uh, initial SH. I recently started on the path of doing shadow work, and I am trying to integrate slash sublimate my more shadowy sides. Background, I'm a Pisces rising, so I've been living in my 12th house in February, and it has been starred real. (laughs) So the stars is mine, real, as in emphasized. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is one tool I could use that would help make this process easier? And they mentioned that they're a Leo sun with Pisces rising and Cancer moon. Question is, what tool could they use that would help make the process easier to integrate and sublimate the shadowy sides? Yes. I wonder what they mean by I've been living in my 12th house because the sun's in Pisces. Yeah. That's kind uh, of an interesting way of putting no, it. No, it's all those planets in Aquarius that oh, would be because their the, 12th right, house. Right, 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 right. Yes. You've been having some 12th house transits with all the Aquarius oh, yes, stuff that in course. February. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, there was like a huge stellium in Aquarius. Right. Yeah. What is one tool I could use that would help make this process easier? I don't Queen. know if it's ever easy to integrate yeah. your shadow side, but let's <laughs> right. see what the cards have to say. 
Queen of Discs. Hmm. Right? Right. Makes me think of Persephone. Yeah, I see what you mean. One thing that might help is... Being grounded. Grounded, yeah. I was going to say just doing things that involve being connected with this world. So very, Mm. very earthy, very material things, cooking, gardening, you know, things like that. Because one way of connecting with one's shadowy side is to kind of acknowledge the animal inside us, you know, and the ways that we are part of the earth, bound to the earth, you know, wild in some ways. And I suspect that being outdoors in nature is a better way to confront the shadow than simply trying to do it all in your head. Yeah, all in that subconscious realm. Right. That this person says they've been living in. Yeah, I mean, that's it's interesting because there's a practicality to the queen of discs, but I, I think this is something about the body in here. Something about, well, I was just about to say the yeah. body. I was thinking of yeah. um, Austin's Deccan, the headless body there. Yes, so, you the know, Capricorn not being in the 2. Head, being mm-hmm. in the body, connect with the body. A Capricorn 1, rather, 2 of discs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, oh, you know, gosh, I should really think about the esoterics a little bit more the uh the uh this of course and if this is a northern hemisphere person this is the winter solstice this is the darkest part the shadowiest part Mm -hmm. of the year you know but it's when the light returns Mm -hmm. too so that's really interesting Mm -hmm. in terms of the question you know working with the shadow yeah figuring out how that that increase is going to happen that how that change is going to happen kind of pivoting around that that pole of the year as we see in the two of discs with its sort of expansion compression energies and its sort of hourglass slash infinity sign swapping places energy my first hit was the persephone myth and yeah you know she persephone she persephone went down to you know the Mm -hmm. underworld Mm -hmm. at first unwillingly Mm -hmm. but then became queen of the underworld and quite enjoyed it she grew comfortable with that role yes there's a suggestion that uh, with this card of like living in the place you fear a little bit Mm. it's also interesting that as the capricorn card then this points back to the devil too which Mm -hmm. is literally Mm. the shadow (laughs) very nice yes of course it does (laughs) right oh gosh that's I sort of feel like we buried the lead. (laughs) You're right. You know, absolutely the devil. There's owning that sense of being the master of the game, the uh, Lord of the gates of matter, you know, and realizing that that's a part of you too, even though as a spiritual Pisces person, the, the urge is always there to dissolve and merge. But, uh, but there's a part of you too, that is worldly and, can thrive in that. Yeah, there's something about owning your power too with that card. Yeah. Did I say Pisces Sun? It's Pisces Rising. Pisces Rising, yeah. Yeah, like me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the next one is for me to read, I guess. It's ALM is the name of the querent. My workplace is full of nepotism and laziness. My income has stagnated while my responsibilities are tremendous. What action or actions can I take to grow my income while darting the knives in my back? Oof, sounds very uncomfortable. That sounds awful. Huh, two of discs. Oh, how about that? We <laughs> were just talking about that. Yeah. Lord of change. Yeah, I mean, the, the obvious thing is, the obvious thing to suggest is maybe a new job, you know, change yeah. of position. I mean, insofar as um, you can take action at all. You know, if it were the Wheel of Fortune, we would say things would get better and you wouldn't necessarily have to do something. But Well, it's interesting, though, this card, you know, combines mm-hmm. the the devil with the Wheel of Fortune. Exactly, exactly. And so to me, you know, there's the sort of proactive, demiurgic sort of taking charge in this world qualities of the devil, spotting the opportunity posed by the wheel and just mm. taking it, you know? I love this card just because it has that 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 um 
that sense of even with Jupiter in fall in his in his most ignored and belittled place, he still has some power to um, change things, to make mm. things better. So I often think of this actually as a little bit of a luck talisman, the two of discs, an ability to thrive or to survive anyway, no matter what changes of fortune come your way. I always think of the 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 lemniscate in this as having something to do with the ups and downs of fortune. Yeah, I was just learning thinking to about ride the, the climb and the descent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, so if you possibly can consider, you know, a change of a, a change of position and I the think other that yeah. Yeah, even if you had to start over with something mm -hmm. because it's a 2, it's a relative yeah. small low low card even mm -hmm. if you had to start over the fact that jupiter is there the you know the wheel you rise again you you know you, mm -hmm. you grow from that and um of course on the flip side you know you could say going with the flow but i don't think that's the case here mm -hmm. i think it's 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 saying that to grow your income maybe maybe go somewhere else yeah yeah, I think so. And also, I think there's something here about reaching out to others who can help you. I mean, this is just a, my personal experience of this card, is that often it's two, two people communicating at a distance, you know, and maybe there's someone who's who you can reach out to for a different kind of work opportunity, or at least start working those networks to see if there's a way that you can pull yourself out of out of this situation. A good queen of discs yeah. type. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, good luck. It's, it's, I, I can see that this is this is not something that's long-term tolerable. No, yeah. it's not. And if it's really as full of nepotism and laziness as it, they say, it's unlikely that they're going to help. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? yes. It's not just that people don't change overnight. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Your turn to read. Okay. This is a long one, it looks like. Um, the initials are LDW. After kicking off a real death tower phase of life about three years ago, I've been wandering my way through the star, moon, and sun in the past year. A huge part of this transformation has been my creative awakening, which meant coming to terms with long-held fears and baggage around connections of creativity to mental illness and psychic ability in my maternal lineage. I feel like I'm being reborn and am exploring creatively through tarot, both professional reading and writing, and some initial other dabblings, but I still have a lot of self-doubt and lack of direction. I'd like to know how I can help myself work with these challenges and begin to break through to a greater sense of confidence, drive, and maybe even an area to focus on or explore. Okay. Um, ooh. Um, the Nine of Swords. Ooh. I guess this is the dark half of the readings. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. So far. So far. All right. So their question is that they want to know how they can help themselves work with the challenges and break through to greater confidence. Oh, well, breaking through is a very martial thing. Yeah. And and to me, this Nine of Swords card is all about self-doubt and mm -hmm. breaking through that, that, that voice that tells you that you're not good enough or that something's, you know something's mm -hmm. wrong it's a cruel voice the literally the lord of cruelty and how you recognize that this is this internal voice isn't helpful yes yes and it is a card of gemini as well and one thing that i've often i often tell people about the nine of swords is that well at least in my experience it comes up as a card of writing and this querent is someone who has you know, who is doing both reading and writing, yeah, Gemini, words, two sides. Words, Gemini. Yep. Writing is like that. It's painful and it feels bad, you know, and it's like all these sharp knives in your head. But it's, in a sense, it is the devil you know. It is a thing that you know that if you do it, you get something at the end of it. And we do it because we have our own reasons to do it. So I think 
the thing to do is to channel those feelings into words. The whenever whenever this this they experience self doubt, lack of direction, to try and turn that into writing or into speaking in some way, rather than letting it fester unsaid in the head. Right. Yeah. Not to not to dwell on those negative thoughts, but to somehow pass through that, you know, and into what you'd rather be focused on. Um, I mean, sometimes you have to go through it like, and like you said, put it into words and, and, and channel it somehow, but don't get stuck there. Right. I think the great dilemma of the eight, nine and 10 of swords is that, you know, you have to choose and you can't have everything, right? Mm. You can't have all things. You, you have to commit to one, one kill one twin. (laughs) So, Self-doubt is like that second voice that questions you. And I think there's something about this, about killing that second voice off so that you can kind Mm. of proceed with what you need to do. It's a very common problem of the creative is that voice that tells Mm -hmm. you it's crap. (laughs) Yes. Or that something's wrong with it somehow, you know? Yeah. And, you know, another thing that's sort of Gemini-based about this is maybe they can take turns, you know? I mean, it's like in the sense that you can't have the destructive voice going on at the same time as the creative voice, right? Because then you get nothing. But maybe the creative voice can get a chance. And then if you need to edit later or, you know, make it better or polished, you can bring a little bit back of that uh, other voice in. I call this this card Angels and Demons. And I kind of think that the only way to get through the Nine of Swords is to sort of recognize that each of them has their place, <laughs> but they can't yeah. be both on at the same time. <laughs> on to the next one. The initials are SR. And the question is, what do I need to know about selling our apartment and then purchasing a new place? That's a very practical question. The Knight of Cups. Oh, wow. Well, they're definitely selling their apartment and purchasing a new place. <laughs> yeah, they're they're on the quest. Yeah. They're on the move. Uh, Knight of Cups. So that's King of Cups King and Rider Waite. King of Cups and Rider Waite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, King of Cups, but in Thoth, that. it's yep. Knight of Cups. So first of all, I think it's a... It is a good, a good sign, you know. Well, in all decks, knights are on on the move. I wonder if they're going to find a place near water. Yes, gotta, that's the first thing the, that comes to mind. This is the um, the Pisces decans. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to know if whether the whether the client has any of those decans prominent. Yeah, so that would be the um, cups, nine, yeah. eight, and nine of cups, and then mm, the uh, right. seven of swords as mm-hmm. the shadow decan. And the eight, you know, in particular, has those feelings of removal, even in the in the deck and commentaries. Yeah, moving on from the old and hopefully towards the nine, the Lord of Happiness. Yeah, hopefully towards the nine. Yes, right. that trajectory, the seven of swords through the eight and nine of cups, is definitely a rather hopeful one for describing a, a, move. a move to a new place. It's sort of interesting. You can think of the seven of swords as that moment where you're like selling the old house and and buying the new one at the same time and having sort of to look both backwards and forwards with it and having to, you know, sign all the paperwork and I don't know, kind of be crafty about what you're doing. Yeah. Then, be clever. I wonder if yeah. the, the, the sale is going to be the difficult part and then mm. the, the, the new, the purchase and the new thing is going to be the, the good part, the fun part, but there might be some yeah. difficulties initially around the sale in the move part of it could be i mean that's always maybe, the maybe. unpleasant part right just, i'm just looking at <laughs> looking at the decans with that yeah. seven and eight. the seven is kind of a, a little bit difficult a little tricky you know it's that mm, part it's of tricksy, that trickiness right. yeah tricky energy there but um yeah and then the eight of course is the sort of like all of the heaviness of moving right the the abandoning the old place and 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 yeah there are feels about that yeah and then of course the nine of cups is just being happy to be in the new place which uh, and what a great what a great place to end up yeah jupiter in deccan and sign rulership so 
so I think it's good. I mean, I haven't really talked at all about the sort of like spiritual qualities of the the Knight of Cups because I it's sort of hard to see how they apply. But, you know, I suppose it's possible that there's, you know, some ways that his kind of larger view, humanistic, you know, philanthropic, patron of the arts, mm. <laughs> spiritual guide qualities could be implicated in some way. It's just not obvious to me. Yeah, right. they're seeking that happy place, you know? Yeah. He's the grail knight on that, on that quest. Overall, I think it bodes well. Yes. Because it, it falls all well that ends well. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I do think that one of them is likely to take on, either. you know, this is a couple we're talking about since it's our place. And one or both of them is likely to take on that Knight of Cups role themselves. Yeah. And these are initials I, V, and they say, I would like to know what I should be aware of in the relationship with M. Seven of Discs. <laughs> well, that sounds okay. heavy. It does sound a bit heavy. All right, so this is not one of the cards that we love to see in a relationship. I guess the the sort of presenting problem with the seven of discs is that sense of things not working out the way you want them to, or at least requiring more patience than you expected. It's definitely an endurance thing yeah yeah i'm trying not to say the f word but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh well we'll, we'll modify it the mm Maline way it's the lord of failure as yet <laughs> yeah it hasn't worked yet it doesn't mean it won't yet. this particular taurus three decan we always talk about how the sevens look back towards the six and the fives look ahead to the sixes and you know, if the six was success, the seven is that moment where you see where things have not quite gone the way you want to, and you have to do some repair work. It's also the Deccans ruled by Saturn, which always means a lot of hard work. Yes. And, you know, Saturn does reward that kind of dedication and effort. So eventually, <laughs> you know, and those are skills that, that are useful and valuable in any relationship. You know, the work of repair, the work of putting in the time and the conversation that needs to happen to smooth out wrinkles between two people. But I guess the question is, knowing that this is necessary, does that affect the relationship? You know, I don't know if it's a new relationship or an old relationship, you know, it right. doesn't, and is it doesn't it in, say. How can I say this? Is it an optional relationship? Some relationships right. are optional and some are not like... Exactly. So let maybe we can just put it that way. If it is an optional relationship, just be aware that there's work to be done. And if it isn't an optional relationship, then be aware there's work to be there's done and be, be ready done. to do it, you know, because it yeah. has to be done. There's work either way, but you can either choose to do it or not choose to do it, depending on how essential this person is in your life. Sorry. <laughs> but them's the cards. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, the good news with that card is that it does get better with time, time and patience. Time and time and effort. Yeah. All right. Let's see. The next one, initials are LM. What would be helpful to know in communication at work when next week is very important for relationship building with external groups? So something's going on next week that's, that's important. Mm, I hope this or, or comes it could out be, in time yeah, for them. It yeah, yeah, not. yeah. It might not. Well, let's just, let's focus on what would be helpful to know in communication at work. The sun. <laughs> Daylight, transparency, mm. uh, being honest and upfront. Those are the things that come to mind. And maybe something about the leadership as well. Yeah, leadership and not being afraid to shine, not hiding your light under a bushel, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Feeling that speaking truth to power is at some level going to be welcome i mean i think and having like, warmth about and having it. warmth about it exactly it's not a, it's not a conflictual not a confrontational card it's mm. it's about it's being a healthy healthy relationship yeah. building kind of and not sunny. being afraid to to be visible to be seen right to be seen and you know to to do it in a positive manner 
be mm-hmm. seen and be sunny, be solar, be be outgoing. Outgoing, exactly. Which which in the context of the second part of the question, whether or not this comes in time would be important. Building relationships mm. with external groups, not being shy, being willing to be the first one to make the approach, that kind of a thing. Yeah, and also I think that there's something about this person's natural gifts, I think. You know, sometimes the sun is like that, the individuality shining through. Mm. And mm. I see it as a like kind of an extroversion thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. to so in order to build a relationship, it's a lot easier for the extroverts. So to take yes. that kind of ro- <laughs> role if you want to, you know. Yes, to be the one who does that if, if it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That seemed kind of straightforward. Like the sun. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, the next one is KJK. What can I do to increase my chances of getting accepted to the Roswell Artist in Residence program this year? Ooh. Hmm. I didn't even know there was an Artist in Residence program at Roswell. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Two of discs again. Wow. <laughs> I swear I shuffled. <laughs> There's so many different things. Uh, but, I know. But the first thing that comes up in my mind is is the last thing I said the last time, which was just reaching out and talking to the people and following up just because of that interchange between two parties on the two of discs. What else could it be? There's that idea because it's discs and Capricorn of putting in the work, but then with Jupiter, it's not that heavy of an energy like nose to the grindstone type of work. It's it's more expansive and 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 joyful even. Mm-hmm. Is this the only card you have the I Ching on for minors? I think so. Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. And do you remember what uh, what the hexagon? Yeah, it was is? the first and last. Um, I can't oh, remember what they're called, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, I can't either. Um, so there's there's the sense of beginnings and endings, you know. Yes. Um, yes, absolutely. And there's there's also in that card the the mountains in the back, and there's a sense of like the ups and downs, and and you know you rise, and then there's the descent. So how could that be? applied to the situation yes well is an interesting question it could be something we don't know at all like thematically it could be something they're working on that has to do with those ideas of time and changeability and seasonality right Right. time and change expansion and contraction the wheel of fortune and the devil yeah and the and the idea of cycles cycles you know um, rotation one thing that's really interesting is that, I don't know, I, don't, I just thought this was funny when I was writing about this for, for 36 Secrets, is that when you look at that crossed belt that you have both in your card and that we see in others, that causes those two wheels to rotate in reverse direction from each other, mm-hmm. which is interesting to think about, right? You know, the way that they sort of rotate towards or away from each other rather than in parallel um, and, and somehow it works harmoniously it because works. you know the full yeah. name is harmonious change right so the reconciliation of opposites in some ways which is also that saturn in a sorry jupiter in a saturnian sign thing which follows from the ten of wands saturn in a jupiter ruled sign saturnian decan go to back jupiter. to their question mm-hmm. their original question about how they increase their chances of getting accepted. I would say to present yourself as being very grounded yet optimistic. Mm-hmm. Yes. That Saturn Jupiter thing going on, you know? Mature and grounded, yet joyful and optimistic. Yes. And the other thing is that if they get back to you and say, Look, we're really interested in your work, but there's something that we might like to be different. <laughs> right. Be willing be to Be open change. to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that. I don't know if that's the sort of thing that happens under being accepted like that, but I don't know. There's something about possibly these themes of change that should be emphasized in the proposal materials. And I think that will become obvious to the querent depending on what their own work 
mm. you know, revolves around. They already have a lot of creative and energy invested in it, probably. So I'm sure something will resonate there. Or if there's some sort of theme that that the place they're applying to is trying to emphasize, then that's a place also to talk about change and the themes we've raised. Interesting. All right. Um, now we have another JJ. What do I need to know about the work and energy I am putting in on my journey to strengthen myself as an artist and designer? Another artist question. Yeah. Prince of Cups. A lot of courts, it feels like. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I always think of the, the Prince of Cups as an artist of some kind. One of the things I really like about this this card as an artist is it's the ability to bring forth the truth through art. So not the literal right. truth, not the fact, but the metaphor. To communicate emotions because he's air of water. Mm-hmm. So the air, you know, factor communication and water being, and especially in Scorpio being the, the deep well of emotional material that you can draw from. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And there's something very personal, like excavating one's own internal material as an artist, I think. I mean, I suppose one always is, but th- this mm. is not just about taking material and remaking it pretty or making it, you know, interesting. Right, there's depth. <laughs> there's depth. It's it's very deeply felt. And, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Now, also because it's a prince, now mm-hmm. there's always this thing going on with princes where they have those two cards that kind of are polar opposites mm-hmm. of each other. And in first this and case, second, yeah. Th- those cards, yeah, the first and the... um first and second decans of Scorpio, disappointment and pleasure. Yeah. And that's, you know, that is a challenge. I can say that for myself as an artist, it's a challenge between those two states of being as you're working on a piece of art, you know. Yeah. You you're, you have that euphoric stage where you're you're really in love with the piece and you have that other stage where you're quite disappointed because it doesn't measure up to what you saw in your head and and then eventually unless you end up trashing the piece you, you <laughs> go back to that pleasure state eventually you work through that disappointment and and back get back to the pleasure in it yeah the heights of ecstasy and the depths of despair mm. So being willing to go through that process, you know, is is something mm-hmm. to work with. Yes, it's a very, very, I think it's, the, in a sense, the the Prince of Cups is the most alchemical court in a way, because it has to go through such massive, here's that word, transformation, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to get to where he's going, and maybe unrecognizable from where he was at the beginning. It, it's interesting that they actually phrased it the journey to strengthen myself as an artist and designer, because I I think there always is an implied artistic journey with the Prince of Cups. Mm. And I often, you know, just personally with this card, I I think of them as the storyteller. And so one lesson I would take from this card is that there is always a story to tell. You You never run dry. There's always more where that came from. So don't be afraid of losing inspiration. Right. There there may be times when you feel like you have, but there's always the other side of that coin. It exactly. goes back and forth. That five of cups is not forever. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. The next one is um, the initials are DH, who says, I've been working hard on my side business to get to a place where I can quit my corporate job to concentrate on it full time. I feel like I'm very close. What advice or insight does my card have for me? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Princess of Swords again. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Get clear and then cut the cord. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. You want to have every single last piece in place first. <laughs> and yes, you're close. Um, but you'll know when you're when you're done. She, to me, she's, you know, she's mm, the power to know. 
the power that's to her, know that's exactly her power, the power yeah. to know yeah i i really think of her as operating the magical backstage and you know you will know when it's time to go in front of the curtain and make your announcement but everything has to be in place behind that curtain first mm-hmm. but don't be afraid to but don't know, be afraid cord yeah. when the yeah. time comes Exactly. To make a break, you know? Exactly. I mean, I think the fact that she's coming up at all suggests that this, you know, this questioner will know all of the things they've had to do up till now. The thing about fixed air is that it requires some follow through, but but that mental energy and persistence is there. And also there's that, you know, the relationship with the star, the dream. The dream is yeah. almost there. <laughs> and we live in the dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see. The next one is CE. I've taught high school English for over a decade, and my work also included college counseling as informally counseling students. I absolutely love teaching literature, poetry, and writing, but recently I've wondered if I should be moving towards doing counseling more formally. My question is, should I pursue some kind of formal professional counseling training? Would this be a wise investment of my time and energy and money or not necessary? So I guess the way to look at this would be um, what will happen if you pursue some kind of formal professional counseling or training and see what the card says. Mm. Eight of cups. Okay. There's two ways to read this one. There is, yeah. Yeah, there really is. That's why we're It's a definite moving away from something, but... It's a darker energy. It depends what they're looking for from counseling, because if the the goal is to go into dark places with people and help them heal, then I think the Eight of Cups is a really good card for that. But if it's to pursue something that's more, you know, personally enjoyable and satisfying i i'm not sure the eight of cups would really suffice (laughs) and and, you know the way the question was is Mm -hmm. what will be the result if they take this formal training is it worth it or is it not necessary i'm kind of leaning towards not necessary honestly yeah i kind of am too just because the it might be that once you do that you might start to feel like this is very overwhelming. This is something that I'm not. I'm not as sure that I'm or cut that out the for. The training itself mm-hmm. isn't what they want to be doing. Right. They want to be doing the thing. Maybe they don't want to be doing the training, and they'll find that that environment is something that they end up abandoning. Right. Yeah. I would say not necessary as well. I yeah. mean, I think that. You know, if I were doing a full reading, I would draw another card to say, you know, what is necessary or, you know, right. what would help. Right. But um, but just from just the way the we framed the question and the way the card came up, I would say, no, it's not necessary. Me too. Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. Okay, okay. so this one is for initials MS. As I step closer to leaving a career in education and the security of a steady paycheck... What do I need to know about managing the fear of scarcity? I often come back to wondering about how to pay off student debt, how to maintain health insurance without a lapse in coverage, and other earthy matters of that nature. These are great questions, but I no longer want the lack of clear answers around them to deter me from necessary cord cutting. Mm. Boy, she should have got the Princess of Swords, huh? Yeah, right. Yeah. Twelfth house, Aries sun, and moon with Taurus rising. What do I need so, to know about managing yeah. the fear of scarcity? Ace of Wands, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the big yes. That's the big new beginning. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fine. Uh, it's always scary every time that you start something new, but that's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting too. Yeah, in fact, that may be the thing to focus on, you know, the potential um right. rather than all the things that might go Rather wrong. Rather than the fear. Yeah. Yes. The excitement, yes. the passion. Mm-hmm. The and new to, beginning. Yeah. And to, you know, visualize all the great things that are going to be happening for you. Uh, and that's interesting, the Aries, Sun and Moon and Taurus rising. Um, uh, but Yeah, because what happens after the Ace, we go right into the Aries seconds. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, yeah. yeah. But there's there's reason to be all fired up about it. 
the thing about all those questions, how to pay off the debt, maintain the insurance, all the, all of that stuff, yes, of course you have to think about those things. But once you have a solution for them and a plan, you can just focus on what's exciting and interesting and, you know, and follow the plan without worrying it. It's kind of cool, too, that this person mentioned that they're a Taurus rising, rising mm -hmm. because Uranus is in Taurus right, right now. And that's all yeah, about, yeah. you know cutting the cord and exciting new kind of shakeups, you know, Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, that's true. Is this the first With, ace we've gotten? I think it is. I yeah. Think, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. How about that? Your enthusiasm is a key asset here. <laughs> All right. Uh, our next one is SS. Do my current studies help me to find a good job? The Empress. Yes. Well, that's a big yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. We, we we think of, among other things, the Empress is the great provider. And, you know, especially in, in your deck where the door is such a important um, feature door. of the symbolism. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I think there's a lot of reason to feel good about that. Um, the Empress is an interesting sort of take on one's studies, but maybe that has something to do with what they're studying. We don't know. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if they're studying anything particularly Venusian in flavor. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily. Venus rules love and money, so there's a lot of different aspects of Love, Venus, money, you know. mothers, wives, b uh, Women, biology, you know. nature. You know? Yeah, nature. Yeah, there's so many things it could be. <laughs> could be a lot of different things. But, but as far uh, as are they helping, I'd say yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big yes. That's uh, a yeah. It's pretty easy um, to say yes of, to that. A lot of reasons to feel good about that. I'm also thinking about Venus as the ruler of Taurus and the middle decan of Taurus being the lord of success, the six of discs. You know, there's a connection mm. there as well to possibly getting a good job. All right. Um, and I think you have the last question. All right. Initials KL. What energy should I focus on embodying over the next year? a good question for a one is, card reading is four of cups again lunar right. well yes. emotional the lord of luxury first of all one one aspect of the four of cups which I, I i don't always emphasize but which is part of it as the lord of luxury is that you know the the deccan commentators talk about hunting for jewels and beautiful things at at some point mm -hmm. You know, and it does have that imagery of the pearl, your your card as well. So there is something about, you know, finding finding what is precious within oneself. Um, and even that pearl metaphor works for right, the meditation Right, the way it was one. phrased is energy to embody. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a maternal mm -hmm. energy, really. I well, mean, that's true. Can't, it's a cancer card. So, you know, that, that kind of loving energy, that protective energy enclosure energy the the four of cups is one of those weird decans that traditionally has to do with hunting so the, that's the side of the precious uh you know hunting for precious things and to me there is something about the nature of desire in here about being you know embodying the nature of desire whether whether it is to move on from like we've talked about with the four of cups or simply to recognize the fullness of that moment. Also, it's, you know, we associate, we both seem to associate this card with the full moon, you know. Although that, it's, yeah, it's all Well, it's all phases, phases all it's, phases. The card actually has all, all the phases of the moon on it. And that's kind of the point is that the mm -hmm. lunar energy fluctuates. And maybe that's... um. Maybe that's something for this person to embody is the uh, to pay attention to the lunar cycle and embody that that lunar energy and 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 notice how it changes and shifts and embody those different phases at the appropriate times. Yes, like I like that a lot. A lunar based magical practice, even maybe. Right. When what is it like when you're embodying the full moon versus what is it like when you're embodying the the dark moon or the crescent moon? Mm. You know, the wane, waxing or the waning. Yeah. And go through those those practices. Yeah, I really like that to connect with the moon in some way like that, and and in a maybe even in a in a sort of 
calendrical way, you know? I mean, even in a sort of daily, well, monthly practice that's, way. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Like to practice changing what energy you embody as the moon changes. Right, right, exactly. And that's specifically for this card, less so for like if it were the high priestess or the moon cards even. Right. You know? this, There's yeah, something about exactly. this. I really think they should do that. <laughs> Yeah, I do too, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. It feels cool. right. Yeah. All right. So thank you to everyone who submitted a question. As you know, we do these patron readings periodically um, in between sort of our larger themed sets of episodes. Our next themed set of episodes is going to be about the four elements. So we'll be working on those over the coming months and bringing them to So the next one you. is fire. Because right. we're going to do them in... Uh, fire water air earth order mm-hmm. and so yes we have our work cut out for us over the next four episodes and we hope that you will stick with us to explore the elements in full as they appear in esoteric tarot thanks again and we will be back next time and that's our show for today you can find us at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, where you'll also find new episode announcements and loads of extra articles and visuals, which will help you follow along with the show. If you appreciate what Mel and I have done here at fortunes wheelhouse, please consider leaving us a five-star reviewer rating on iTunes, Apple podcasts, or Google play. And if you'd like to support the making of this podcast and gain access to all the member perks that come with that, please consider becoming a patron at any level you like by visiting www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. You can also explore fortunes wheelhouse gear like t-shirts, tote bags, coffee mugs, and more by checking out our red bubble shop. That's at www.redbubble.com slash people slash wheelhouse 93 slash shop. Mel's beautiful books, decks, and prints can be found at tarotcart.com. And my book, Tarot Cases, Astrological Perfumes, and Online Tarot Class can be found at tsusanchang.com. Treat yourself to the tarot gift you've always wanted, because you are a hero of the astral plane, and we so appreciate your support. <laughs>